Thank you guys so much for listening in. Don't forget to tune in every Thursday for new episodes. With love, Tosh. Hey guys, today I'm here with Alexa Ashagian and Jenna Podolsky, the founders of Curated New York. Since 2018, Curated New York has become a go-to fashion destination for high-end vintage and one-of-a-kind designer clothing and accessories. Alexa and Jenna have curated an inventory of rare pieces from designers such as Chanel, Dior, and Versace, just to name a few. Vintage sellers have become a huge part of the fashion industry in recent years, and I'm really looking forward to learning more about the behind the scenes from them both. Hello. Hi. You're just connecting. Oh my gosh, hi. How are you? Good, how are you? Good, where are you guys? We are in the Hamptons. Oh, me too. Where in the Hamptons are you? Oh. My gosh, me too. We've done it in person. I know, we should have. Have you been here like this whole time? So we were here at the beginning, like in March, April, and then honestly, even May. And then I went to LA in June. Uh-huh. And she like I've been here. Okay. I'm so excited. Okay, first of all, can you guys just explain a little bit about Curated New York and what what it's all about? Because I feel like a lot of people don't really understand the whole vintage selling idea concept. So Curated in New York is a company that Alex and I started about two years ago when we started buying these really cool vintage button downs and we were getting so many compliments, we were wearing them to the beach or we were dressing them up at night. So we immediately tried to find more and then we started selling them. And then as time went by, we started buying both designer and non-designer clothing and accessories. And we were both mostly selling through Instagram. And then we started doing these really cool pop-up shops like every couple of weeks where we'd like, take a space, we'd work with another brand, we kind of curate a vintage shopping experience. And so it kind of just came about naturally, would you say, or? It wasn't intentionally. We both always like wore vintage pieces, but we didn't have, a, like we didn't start by saying, we're going to start selling right. vintage pieces. It just kind of came naturally for us. I think right. also that led to us starting it was that I'm Persian, you know, we're in, a community where there's weddings every single weekend and everyone is showing up wearing the same thing and it just got to a point where I think we just didn't want to show up and see someone else wearing the same dress as us so right. I have sisters she also has older sisters so it got to a point where like I would just go into my mom's closet or my sister's closet and I would find like a dress that they wore years ago that was right so wear and I just became a habit that we would go yeah. in them you get that and I'd be like oh it's my mom's old dress or my sister's old dress with Jenna like I would go into her mom's closet and we would end up just like wearing each other's things so I think that also kind of led to us realizing that there was a market for things that people can't find now yeah Um, not necessarily just dresses but even just like day-to-day wear Mm -hmm. pieces of things where you know that like no one else would be wearing it and you kind of just like look a little bit more unique than everyone else right so did you guys grow up together? We did not, actually. We oh, you didn't? So when, when did you meet, and how did this, like, 
because you guys are obviously like really close friends. <laughs> Eliza and I have been friends since high school. We didn't go to high school together, but we always bump into each other and we kind of like hi. Then we just like went for dinner one night and we were like speaking and then I think we just realized that we're really similar and we always like hung out. Our families are very similar. We grew yeah. up in like similar social settings. Right. Live, live three blocks from each other. No way. Wait, where did you guys grow up? In Manhattan, in city. Okay. Okay. I guess, like Jenna said, once we just went out and kind of started speaking, we clicked. And I feel like we're like telling, like how we started dating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, were you guys always into fashion? Was fashion always um, like a plan for you guys after school? It honestly, just comes natural to both of us. And yeah. I went to fashion school. I went to LIM. Oh, you did? Okay. So I just always, like, kind of, like, found myself very interested in the fashion industry. Yeah. I didn't think that I would start a business in the fashion industry because it's so cutthroat. Yeah. I think that when, you, when you're good at something, it just comes very natural for you to just kind of, like, right. get out of it. I, I also think, again, I think it came natural. I started a jewelry line with my sister's. Yeah school prior to college and so I was kind of in school but also managing that business I went to business school um and just like from there I think once I was in school I started doing styling and then I'd work with individual clients and I was doing the jewelry and then I was doing that and then once I came back to New York and we were just we got into this quite naturally also I think it just like fell into our lap yeah where do you guys um get your pieces from so we started out, I can't give all of our sources. Yeah, no, I know. It's a secret, isn't it? Well, we don't buy from like, so. Pardon? You don't buy from like one specific place where like, oh, if you go there, you're going to find like, you right. know, like our color. Yeah. But so we, the way we started was we really just would go to these vintage shows, like a current affair, you know, things like that, where we knew we could go and swift through racks and find things right. that again you can't find going to just a regular store yeah so we started out doing that then we would travel a bit if we were abroad we would go find vintage stores there even if we weren't buying things like we went to paris but a lot of things were just way too expensive for our clientele but we would use it as inspiration so we would then like use that to find see if we could source something similar or cheaper or even if we did buy things abroad we really kind of just like found things as we went and different stores or just different suppliers and going to create a connection with certain suppliers and that's helped us thus far yeah it's easier for us to find things especially because they know things that we like and they know our price points and stuff like that right. so um so do you do suppliers sell them at a lower cost i think we're we're very in terms of like making sure we, cause we like to sell at a really reasonable price point. So like we kind of negotiate with sellers and we kind of like make sure that we're finding things that are very affordable so that we could still make a profit on it, but also give it to all the customers at a reasonable price point and keep them coming back for more. So they don't like, if we, if we, it's hard in our industry cause we don't find bulk. So we kind of like have to just maintain these relationships. And if they know that we'll keep coming back to them for more, they'll kind of sell them to us at a really good price. 
but it's not usual in a sense where it's not like you don't, you don't buy things in bulk so it's just kind of just making sure that things are like make sense and are efficient yeah. in terms of yeah and do you test for authenticity for all of the pieces or is that kind of done before no, we make sure that anyone that we're buying from either has that process already, um, or in some cases, if we've gotten something and we want to make sure 100% that it is real, we would even take it to the store and have them. Gotcha. Um, so is that how it's often done? So we really just work with a lot of distributors that kind of like, it takes everything through a process where it authenticates it for us. Yeah. And like more recently, a lot of people have been giving us stuff to sell. So they're like, I have this really cool or Chanel jacket or it's your pants. And unless we could 100% vouch for the item and make sure it's signed and authentic, we don't necessarily take things because it's our reputation. And we want to make sure right. that that we curate is 100% authentic. And it's just, we really go through great like measures to make sure that we could vouch for each item. Right. What does a day-to-day -day look like? I know like, Alexa, you do styling and other things, but when you're focused on curated New York, what what's the process like of getting a piece, selling it? How many pieces do you get a week? Does it vary? Yeah, lot definitely. Yeah, we get, we get a lot of packages. Out in the Hamptons right now, so everything is now directed to my local post office instead of. Oh like, my gosh! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they yeah. called us and they're like, you need to stop. Day to day, I think we just, we, we get, we try and get stuff daily. So we, we're constantly looking. We're constantly looking. We're waking up really early in the morning because a lot of the places we buy from in Europe or Tokyo, a lot of their stuff gets online or if we want to like have a conversation with them, it goes online really early in the morning for them. So like for us, it's even earlier. So we try and wake up really early. We try and look, see what's going on, what's the latest stuff that's being posted. And so that's how like our morning starts. Then we try and take pictures of all of our content, upload it, work out sending out orders, maintaining our website. Day to day, basically just like maintaining our website, um, working with clients individually to see if they want anything or if there's anything that they might, they're looking for. We, so like Jenna mentioned, we used to do pop-ups only. So we didn't have e-com. Happened, we had to really get our shit together and start taking pictures of everything. Which we, we were really just taking pictures of things that we had that we were showing people for the pop up. We wouldn't sell it before. We had to really photograph everything. We had to get everything on the website. We had to work with someone, you know, very closely to make sure that everything was up there and running and functioning and whatnot. So a lot of our time recently has been just focusing on the website and right. also content to show on Instagram or just sending to our clients and you know answering questions and more recently we've also been working a lot with influencers online so you know like making sure that they have they're getting the package or sending it back like we're just loaning or if we're gifting um so day-to-day -day really varies but a lot of our time I would say is just focused on getting enough content making sure that orders again are sent out that we're just being we're on top of everything right i remember you guys had a pop-up like right when covid started didn't you yeah. shut it down literally open we were open we for one open. day <laughs> you weren't even open oh my for open. gosh it was okay yeah no, it was, it was okay fun. because i think something that we're really like lucky to have is a very loyal clientele so even though they couldn't come to our pop-up we made sure that they were getting photos of everything and they were right. buying 
Instagram when we were shipping out their packages. It was essentially a very expensive office for like that week where we were paying rent like in the middle of Soho. Yeah. But I mean, we're just like looking to do another pop up again soon. We yeah. Were you should do yeah. it out here. Yeah, we're actually know, working, we're working with this like boutique hotel. That would be awesome. Yeah. We just want to make sure that like everything's safe and like yeah. like okay to continue. So, what is your clientele like? Do you have like a few very loyal customers or a handful of very loyal customers that frequently want stuff, or or are they like random people from social media, a mixture? We started out really with a clientele that would, again, like Jenna said, show up to every single pop-up that we had. We would open at 10 o'clock. They'd be waiting at the door at 9.50. So that they can start shopping before other people got there. Um, and I think those people have been there since day one, are still there. They still shop with us if we're doing a pop-up or they'll shop if we post something online. Um, but again, something that we're grateful for is that we've grown immensely on social media recently and it's helping even more so that we have e-com because we've gotten clients from overseas now and we have clients that we don't, like, we were so used to seeing people's names that we knew buying from right. us and Shopify notification and we have no idea who the person is. Australia. And it's, that's what we love seeing. Yeah. Um, so. We had very, I mean, we've done like a handful of pop-ups, maybe like eight, nine, and at each pop-up, there was always the same faces, so, like, the, the person that came to our first pop-up came back for the second and the third, so on and so forth, but as each pop-up goes on, we always get new customers, Yeah, which is great to have this, like, loyal clientele, but we also have, like, a lot of new faces now, because right. we've been working on building our Instagram and our website, that I think it's just, we have our, we have our real curated girls that like, they come back and they come back wearing something they bought or they send us pictures, but like, we're also working on branching out and finding people from all over the world that want our items. Right. You, you mentioned social media, um, and how you work with influencers. So I want to get into that a little bit because vintage sellers have become huge on social media, um, and they have huge followings and how do you think Instagram has helped you? Uh, you've kind of already talked about this, but the influencer space, how do you work with influencers and how do you think that's impacted your business, especially during COVID? I think definitely as our Instagram is growing and as we put more time into it, just because we're focusing on e-com, we've gotten a lot of people come to us now. I think before we weren't really sending anything to influencers before just because we honestly didn't need to what we were doing was working for us we had our pop-ups we were selling out basically like 95 percent of our inventory in three days um and again like we'll still post stuff on the website and things will sell quickly but we want to grow so the reason why we are working with people that reach out to us or even if we've reached out to anyone is because again it brings us that new clientele so like We've done something with We Wore What recently. She posted a bag and we got a great amount of sales from that, but we also got a lot of followers, which is great because then they come back for more. Like, Endlessly Love Club, who's someone that I've always loved. She was so happy to, to take stuff on loan to post, and she did. We got so many followers from that, and it, it definitely helps us. I mean, we've essentially built our entire business through Instagram. And such a big part of Instagram is the influencers and how much like, power they have. Right. We were reluctant to influencers at first because we only have one of everything. So to give things to influencers didn't necessarily make sense for us. 
right. when we first started, a lot of influencers came to our pop-up. Someone that we work with so closely now, Bridget, who's huge on Instagram, she just came to our pop-up and she bought something and she posted. It wasn't, we didn't reach out to her and say, can we send you stuff? She just came and because she found this to support us. And as time goes on, we try and work with as many influencers as possible, but we also are very limited with our inventory. So we're, we're not very generous with gifting. We try and like, yeah, our, our, our like product out there without like, you know, overdoing it. Mm-hmm. If an influencer wears something, so it's loaned, does the demand for that product escalate a lot? Uh, we're, Bridget has posted things like over the weekend that she's wearing and she has and it'll sell the second yeah. she we know that as soon power. Yeah. it sells, but that doesn't always necessarily help us because we don't always have more than one of everything. So right. like, we wore what um, wore one of our vintage YSL sweatshirts, which was great because she looks amazing in it. But we had to make sure going into that week that we were going to have a bunch of different versions of that sweatshirt. So it was about yeah. reaching out distributors, finding a bunch of different versions of it, having it. Um, on our website so that when she posted it, people couldn't necessarily get that one because that one I sold would get different um, versions of it or like the same company. So it's all about having um, supply whatever is in demand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do a lot of people um, message you asking for something specific and then you go out and find it? Yeah, we've had a bunch of people reach out recently. So a lot of the times people will see things that we sold in the past and they'll be like, is this available? And they'll say, yeah. no, it's sold. You find something similar. Like, so many people love the Bottega bags. Yeah. So they'll ask, find it in this color. Or can you look for this? So we do our best to try and find things for people if they're looking. Um, we also take note of everything. Like, if you if you message us and that, that it's sold, and I somehow stumble upon it along the way in a couple right. of weeks from now, I'll immediately reach out to you and be like, do you want this? We could buy it for you. And they'll be like, yes. You know, like, yeah. we try and like, mentally take note of who wanted what. And if we ever see it again, we'll immediately contact you. Because we want to make sure that everyone gets what they want. I mean, there's yeah. only one of everything. Like, there is, somewhere along the way, there was a collection of that item. So right. if we see it again, we'll, we'll find you. Right. Do you guys divide up? The, the oh no, no no you're good do you guys divide up the the roles at all or you kind of do everything together yeah Alexa yeah. went to also there's certain things that she does that like I gotta give her credit I don't like the taxes like stuff oh, like that like she really she runs the show but there's certain things that I do where like I'm very she has patience for photos. I'm very I like run like our social media guy, like engage a lot of the customers. I am constantly uploading stuff to our website. We each have our own roles, but we also could like jump back and forth between her doing things that I would normally do or me doing things she would normally do. We're both on the buying side, so we're both constantly searching for things to buy. Cool. What do you think is the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome? Honestly, I think finding, just making sure that we find the best. We always want to do is stay ahead of our competitors. The market is saturated, but competitive advantage that I think we have is that the things that we find, our competitors don't really have. Like, we're not looking for that, like, just 
Chanel bag that you can search on any vintage site and find. We're looking for that Chanel bag that has a specific print from a specific year that you can't really search for online and find right away. So like that's something that we take pride in and that's something that we really try to maintain um, is to just find pieces that no one else can necessarily find that quickly. Yeah. yeah. Is there anyone in the industry industry that you look to for guidance or inspiration? Do you like, do you know any other vintage dealers or? I do know a lot of vintage dealers and it's a small industry. Yeah. So like we've come across a lot of the people, like the pioneers in, in like the vintage industry along the way. And no, everyone does it a little differently. There are some people out there that are selling like really vintage Hermes bags that like we wouldn't necessarily sell to our clients. So we've worked with a lot of people in the industry who kind of guided us. Yeah, like we had a pop-up. One of our pop-ups happened to be next to another vintage company store. And it wasn't like, get out, like, right. get off they our were They were like, very wow, this, you have such an amazing collection. Like, how did you guys start? They were much older, so they were really impressed that Alex and I were doing for such a young age. It was just kind of, it was nice that they were, like, so impressed by our collection because yeah. they were kind of so established in the vintage industry. Yeah. But just kind of, you kind of took advice from a lot of people along the way. I mean, when you're in the vintage industry, you, like, you look at your peers to see what they're doing or how they're moving forward because you just want to make sure that you're doing the best that you can do. Right. Right. Good answer. One person, I would say, like Jenna said, there's just a lot of people along the way that we've met that we've taken bits and pieces. So. Yeah. Yeah. So what's next for you guys? I mean, your Instagram is growing quickly, which is amazing. And you're working with influencers. You mentioned a pop-up in the Hamptons which I'm coming yeah. through when it happens. Yeah. I think we definitely want to continue growing in the way that we have been recently. Um, but something else that we've been discussing for a bit now is, well, we've honestly like been, we've seen so many like amazing vintage pieces along the way. And we haven't necessarily bought them all, but we would love to take some inspiration from like the vintage that we've seen along the way and kind of design our own stuff. So more like vintage pieces, so like it could be like an extension of curated, so like really cool gowns or like even like loungewear, and we could take all the like amazing stuff that we've seen along the way and use it as inspiration to start our own collection. I think we're also going to, moving forward, going to try and continue to work with other stores because vintage is so popular right now. We've kind of been curating vintage selections for other stores so like they can have like their own little vintage section of the store and we can work yeah. with a lot of people and find what they need so if we continue to do that I think that would be great for our business so it's kind of just like growing from here doing what we do on a bigger level and also like finding um, a bigger market in terms of like designing vintage inspired stuff right that's amazing that's so exciting so much is happening for you guys I'm so excited because I like love vintage and I've I'm so I've always been so curious about behind the scenes stuff what you guys do so definitely fun and like we said we love wearing things that other people don't have so if we yeah. were to design something we wouldn't we would want it to be a little bit limited in that sense so that yeah. people get that kind of experience that we do when we shop for vintage um yeah, yeah so exciting yeah thank you guys so much i had so much fun and i learned a lot um 
let's definitely hang out out here. Uh, yeah, I I'll literally be here all summer. So okay. I'll text you. Let's do dinners. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. Have an amazing weekend, too. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Don't forget to tune in every Thursday for new episodes. With love, Tosh.